Hi, I'm Chris Brown, Fleet Group Editor at Bobbit. Welcome to another edition of Fast Forward video series. Fast Forward is about interviewing leaders in fleet and tech and automotive to really understand what the future of fleet holds. Um, I'm excited about this episode. I interviewed David Zyker. Uh, he's owner of Zyker Cleaners, and uh, he has a fleet of vehicles. Uh, he's looking to electrify. Uh, and this is a really great opportunity to get with a fleet to really understand uh, what their path is from uh, vehicle decision making and working with utilities uh, and even getting the charging infrastructure and really kind of doing it all uh, at, a, at a price point that works for him and running the traps with grants and all that stuff. So without further ado, let's get uh, to the interview with David. Okay, well, we, we're here with David Zyker, owner of Zyker Cleaners in South Bend, Indiana. David, welcome. Thank you. Well, hey, thanks for joining us. It's really exciting to really talk to an end user fleet and kind of understand um, sort of what your thought process is, your path as it relates to electrification and sustainability. Um, to start, why don't you just give us a real quick background on, on Zyker Cleaners and, and basically like how you use your fleet. All right, Chris, well, thanks for having me. And yeah, uh, we're a 105 year old, third generation, family dry cleaning and laundry business here in South Bend, Indiana. And um, one of our one of our reasons that we're still in existence after all these years has kind of been our passion for progress. We're always trying to stay, you know, leading edge technology. And that's what's really propelled us here to uh, be successful today. So uh, the um, electrification vehicle thing has really um, been of interest to me. And uh, we, we have a small feed up fleet of delivery vans that we use for both. Uh, we have a central processing facility for our, our uh, chain of dry cleaning locations and our home pickup delivery routes. So we use the uh, delivery vans for shuttling uh, clean and dirty clothes back and forth to our locations, uh, along with our home, home pickup and delivery routes that obviously are kind of like a last mile delivery vehicle where they're going house to house, uh, delivering clean clothes, and picking up dirty clothes. Sure. And, you know, we talked about you You have a strategic plan for sustainability, which is interesting because, I mean, you are a small business owner. Uh, we think about the big corporations, the public companies that have these. But what's your philosophy behind this sustainability plan and what are some of the details of it? All right. So for probably for at least 20 years now, uh, our company has been uh, recycling the poly bags that go over, you know, your dry cleaning and how we deliver it to you. And we've also been recycling the hangers that, you know, that we deliver your, your clean clothes on. And I don't know, we just, we just did it because we thought it was a good thing to do. And maybe our customers told us, Hey, what do we do with all this stuff? So we started doing it. And as the climate change and environmental and all these things have uh, evolutionized over the last couple of decades, we're like, you know what, we, we should start, I don't want to say promoting it, but getting a little credit for what we're doing. And um, even more recently with the increase or the pace of the evolution of all this sustainability uh, stuff is that there's so many things now that, that we can do to make a difference, even a small company like mine you know, to, to have an impact on climate change and to feel good about trying to make change in the world. So 
One of the things that we're working on right now is we're trying to partner with um, the city of South Bend or one of the local cities. Uh, they plant trees every year. And so we wanna become part of a tree planting uh, program because we know that more trees eats the carbon, right? Yeah. And so that's one thing that we're, we're working on Im implementing. And then this, this, like I talked about the evolution of this, uh, the electrification of, of delivery vehicles has really gotten me intrigued because obviously it's a, it's a game changer for, for, uh, for climate change. So that's what we're working on. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, I mean, and let me just ask you, I mean, um, there's sort of some business benefits to being green. I mean, is that something you're seeing with your clientele? No doubt about it. Uh, we, um, I didn't talk about that uh, in the last segment, but we've, even since my grandfather started this thing a hundred years ago, we've always been a believer in using non-toxic, uh, environmentally friendly solvents. Mm -hmm. which most dry cleaners have a, a, a stain in their a stain on their reputation because of uh, perchloroethylene, mm. which uh, is a known carcinogen, which 20 years ago, 95% of dry cleaners in America use perchloroethylene. Mm. And we, ne we, ne we never did. Okay. And, and so uh, we developed in the early 2000s, what we called our green touch system, where we were using more advanced uh, green solvents. And then in 2018, we switched to a solvent called Green Earth, which is a division of Procter & Gamble. It's a silica-based solvent that uh, we have uh, uh, exclusivity in our region for it. You, you have to be a licensee. And oh, wow. so uh, we've, been, we've been really on the front edge of that as well. So uh, it, it's been, I guess it's part of our values and just part of how we've operated for, for 100 years. Yeah, that's really great. Hey, let's get to the vehicles. I mean, I guess you you just sort of did your research on this growing number of commercial uh, electric vehicles that are available. Um, what what did your research come up with? Yeah, so I've been uh, probably for the last year or so been really interested in this, and and you're looking online and looking at the development of the of the different ones with uh, Ford. Uh, we run Ford Transits right now, and so. You know, Ford came out with a um, uh, an EV version of the Ford Transit here. They were probably one of the first ones really to come out with a, a delivery van like that. And then I, I learned about uh, GM and Bright Drop. And uh, that got me really excited for, for some reasons because I felt like the, the Ford was just a conversion of their, of their ICE version where the Bright Drop is really, they're building that thing, uh, a whole new platform from the ground up. I really like the concept of since our since our drivers are getting out of, in and out of these vehicles all day that it's flat, you know, the um, the, the yep. bed of the, the truck all the way from the, the van is flat. It's lower to the ground. Uh, they built all these cool things into it that are real specific for for delivery drivers that are in and out of these vehicles all day that I think is going to have a big benefit. And then I've also looked at, you know, there's Rivian. Um, and then uh, I, live in, I, I live in Phoenix, Arizona, and there's one that's five miles from my house called Atlas Motor Vehicles. Yes. I don't know if, I, I don't know if you've heard of that one or not, Chris. Yeah. Uh, and they're built, basically just building a platform and then saying, hey, you can put anything on top of it you want. Yeah. And, and so, so that's kind of interesting. So I've just been doing all the research. I really feel strongly about Bright Drop. Um, for one, it's General Motors, you know, these other guys, you don't know if they're going to be around down the road or if they're going to get swooped up by one of the big guys. So I really like, I really like that part of it. 
And from what I've seen, this Evo 600 is just, it seems like the best option for us. Yeah. I mean, um, I mean, the uh, cubic feet is a little bit different. How might that play into your plans? Yeah, so, transit, let's say, right? Yeah. So the transits, we, we were around 250 cubic feet. And so obviously the 600, Zevo 600, 600 cubic feet. But um, so it's a little large. They are coming out with a, a 400, a Zevo 400, supposedly Q3 of 23, which would probably be a better fit. Uh, but we might be able to use some of these 600s for our shuttle fleet. Um, and we could be, have possibility to reduce uh, some vehicles and obviously drivers, which would have a huge, huge impact on the ROI of a, of a conversion project like this. Okay, right. And we can get into TCO in a minute, but that does factor into it. If you can sort of reduce routes and, you know, reposition drivers and that to not have to use more, a, a bigger driver pool, that, that certainly does factor into it, doesn't it? For sure. For sure. Yeah, um, for sure. So um, let's talk about, you know, obviously when you're buying ICE vehicles, it's sort of like the vehicle is, is what you worry about, but electrification, you have to worry about charging infrastructure, getting that set up. And then there's a conversation that you ha have with utilities. Um, did you, how did you, let's talk about the utility. I mean, did you pick up the phone and say, Hey, what's the deal? <laughs> how that? Yeah, so, so, so I, 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 uh, went on, a, I was on the bright drop webinar, their first webinar that they had last, uh, it was just last week. Uh, and most of the webinar was talking about charging because obviously, you know, if you get a, if you get an electric vehicle delivered to your door, you got to have a charger. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, duh, yeah, duh. Right. So, uh, they talked a lot about it and, um, I learned which, charger probably would work for me. Uh, the, uh, the AC level two charger is probably the right fit for me because my vehicles are all centrally banked at night and don't run at night. So we have all night to charge them. And they said, Hey, you know, you need to talk to your utility and let them know what you're doing and, and make sure you have the power and yada, yada, yada. So I did, I, I, uh, I picked up the phone and I called the utility and we had a conversation and the, the biggest Part of it for me was I want to make sure I have enough power because if I'm going to have EV transition all my fleet over to it, if you don't have enough power, then that's a whole nother project is bringing in more power. And I found out that I, I'm only using less than half on, on max demand of the, of the service that's coming into my building. Okay, right now. Right now. Okay, so you would have a little bit of excess demand. You've got one charger coming in. But then you could put in more, obviously, to satisfy that your other. Oh yeah, I, I so I have a, and I'm not much of an electrician or anything, but I have a 480 a volt, 500 kVA service. Okay. And on max demand, on max demand, I'm only using 230 amps right now. And these okay. level, these level two chargers supposedly are 11 and a half uh, kVA. Okay. So. For me, I got I got all kinds of room. Okay, well that's good. Yeah, I mean, and and, and talking of the utility, like I think maybe that's where some of this falls down because this is a conversation that a fleet wouldn't necessarily have. Did you like pick up the phone and call you know the utility and say, "Let me talk to the person that can help me with electrification," and they transferred you? Exactly. That's exactly what happened, Chris. Okay, and there was uh, someone there on the other end that knew what they were talking about, obviously. Yeah. But I asked him, I said, you know, you've probably been asked this a million times already. He said, no, 
not people really aren't calling and asking these questions. Really? Okay. Yeah. So, so he thanked me. He thanked me. Oh, interesting. That's really funny. Um, and I mean, I guess the conversation wasn't involving any types of incentives. Well, that was, that was one of my questions because that came up in the webinar from, yeah. from Brightdrop was to see if there's any, and at this time, uh, my local utility, which is like a co-op, um, okay. that doesn't have any incentives, but, but that doesn't mean there isn't maybe some federal tax credits or something like that, that I haven't uh, done all the research on yet to find out. Okay, right. And that is, uh, I mean, probably for another time, but the difference between utilities that are co-ops and some of the bigger ones, um, um, it could get tricky if you're dealing with a co-op for, for, for some of this stuff. So, yeah. Um, let me ask you about the charging unit. So you're on that bright drop call um, webinar and um, you're going to um, get one installed. I mean, any price point that you're looking at, any issues with uh, getting one installed? No, it looks it looks like from the research I've done so far, which I, I haven't talked to an installer electrician yet, but it looks like around five thousand dollars for each okay. for each one. For okay. Each one. Yeah. Um. And no trenching that you'd need. I mean, it's one. It's not two. No. And and the um the layout of my with my building, and then I have a, a large canopy uh, where we park the vehicles at night. Uh. So it's we're lucky it's going to be pretty simple the what the configuration that we have so uh we'll, we'll just be able to run some conduit from the uh from the from the main panel out to our canopy area where we uh, park the vehicles at night so i don't i don't think it's going to be a big deal okay and then um you would leave a little bit of room for for growth like i mean you know where you could have four of them installed at a reasonable you know area i mean do you, do you plan that far ahead yeah, no, I, I think we could, we can, uh, we have enough uh, space and stuff to do my whole fleet okay. um, within a, within a short period of time. So sure. uh, we're lucky in that, that aspect is we kind of have a pretty good setup for it already. Sure. Um, you know, hey, we're, you know, in the world of fleets, right? So total cost of ownership is, is key. And I mean, you know, talking to some fleets, they uh, are sort of willing to pay a premium for EVs to to help the planet and sustainability and stuff. But then again, I think we're probably coming to a point where there is some parity. That's what we're looking for. Um, but just give a thought process on total cost of ownership when you get into an EV. Okay. Well, uh, there's a couple components to that, Chris, and one of them is actually the acquisition costs of of a Ford Transit. Uh, we, we bought a couple of them maybe two years ago and they were, you know, they're just base models. Uh, they were like $35,000. Yeah. Today you can't, you can't find a used Ford transit with less than a hundred thousand miles on it for $35,000. No. So I think new ones are 50, 55 grand or something like that. Yeah. I mean, oh. the price point has gone up. That's for sure. R right. So yeah. when we look at that and from what I understand, these Evo 600s are around 45,000. I don't, I haven't got an exact price yet. There'll be a little bit more. Um, okay. But, but so there's really maybe no difference there. Yeah. Between a, between a Ford Transit Ice and a, a Bright Drop EV. So they're pretty similar on acquisition costs. Yeah. And then I got to put the charger in, but the flip side of that is, is I've got, I have, we don't do on-site maintenance. So I've got, to have people run these vehicles 
for oil changes and regular maintenance, which is very costly because I got to have two people going to go get the guy, bring him back, go get it, uh, along with the cost of all that. And then, and then the, um, from what I learned, and you know, Bright Drop, these guys are maybe exaggerating these figures a little bit, but they, they say it's $7,000 a year in operating cost savings. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, and we'll, we'll see, right. Because we're, we're sort of theoretical right now. And, um, you know, talking to folks too, uptime, I mean, just, just the fact that you're not going to have that vehicle in the shop and, and these diesel units, I mean, they're driving folks crazy with DPFs and stuff. So, um, and, and, and the time that the guys stop, they, they stop and get gas. There's, you know, they go in and get some food and a drink, which they might do anyhow, but you know, it's, it's just, you don't, you don't got to stop for gas. I mean, that's a game changer. That's a game changer. It really is. Yeah. I mean, it just, you know, plug it in and, and Hey, you got to make sure that the darn thing's plugged in, but you're absolutely right. I, for the, Hey, for the viewers at home, I, I, um, you know, terms of out the door costs, uh, I think we're looking a little bit more, uh, at this point, but, um, that, that's a, um, a uh, uh, a fast forward video for for another time, but 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 point well taken. It's sort of general in, in total cost of ownership and and where the savings might come from. And um, you know we'll 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 reconvene on that uh, maybe next year after you've got uh, one or maybe even two in operation. Well, let me just um, uh, close out by asking you, like, how will you proceed? I mean, what what's your next steps? What are you looking forward to? Well, like I said, I'm really excited about the opportunity of how, how this uh, fits into our sustainability program. We, and we, we are coming to the point where we need to cycle some, ve some, some vehicles out anyhow. Mm -hmm. And so uh, from what I learned at the Bright Drop webinar that the, even for small operators like me, uh, if I order uh, one now, I should be able to get it in Q1 of 23, which is way sooner than what I thought. Wow. So. So um, I'm, I'm uh, on, on the pitch uh, trying to get in touch with the salesperson right now with uh, Bright Drop to see if I can get one on order and, you know, try it for, for a few months. And if we like it and think it's going to work, then uh, probably in 2023 or sooner after that, I like to flip my whole fleet. Wow, that's really exciting. Hey, let's cross our fingers on all those, uh, you know, supply chain issues that we can sort of get that done, right? It's... Uh, um, it's still kind of a big question mark, but uh, hey, listen, this is really exciting times and, and um, we'll certainly uh, keep up with your progress, David. And uh, I listen, I appreciate all the information and you uh, uh, joining us today for Fast Forward. Oh, you're welcome, Chris. And, uh, and I sharing some information together. <laughs>